0: Lord Jesus, before your ascension, you said to the disciples, Lo, I am with you to the very end of the age. And so we know that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you are with us now. And we pray for your uh, power to be made known uh, in us and through us uh, for your sake and the sake of your kingdom. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, as I said earlier, uh, today is Pentecost. It is the birthday of the church. And it's really one of, I don't wanna say lesser known Christian holidays, but it it really is one of our most important days. I would say one of our top three or four four most important days of the entire Christian calendar. You know, we have Christmas, of course, um, the day on which Jesus was born. We have Good Friday the day on which he was uh, crucified for our sins under Pontius Pilate. We have Easter Day, which is the most important day when Jesus comes back from the dead and shows that he is who he said he was and opens the door to us of everlasting life. And then we have uh, Pentecost, this day when um, all the disciples and all these Jews from around the world are gathered in Jerusalem for this harvest festival, this feast of, of weeks. And while they're gathered together, the Holy Spirit... Rushes in like a great wind, and these tongues of fire appear. And people from all over the world hear the gospel proclaimed in their own native tongue. And that's why we have fire here. That's why I'm wearing red. It's a symbol of of fire. We celebrate um, today because you know, because of Pentecost. That's why we can be here in church today, hearing the gospel proclaimed in our own native tongue. Right? This language that had not even been invented. At the time of Jesus, and yet here we are uh, worshiping this Jewish Messiah who wasn't just for the Jews, but for the whole world. And as we gather here uh, today with Christians across the world, I think we are here uh, for the same reason uh, that Philip makes this incredible request of Jesus in today's gospel reading. What does he say? He says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Philip says, Jesus, just show us God. Show me God, and that will be enough. Stop beating around the bush. Just give us what we want. We want to see God. And I remember a song that we used to sing at a Christian summer camp I went to in high school. The lyrics were, I want to know you, Lord. I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you, Lord. I also remember the immortal 1981 song by Rick James, uh, Give It To Me, Baby. <laughs> and Philip's request is somewhere between those two things, right? I want to know you, Lord. Now, come on, now. I think that's the, the desire of every human heart to some degree, isn't it? We want to know God, to see God, to understand God. That's why you're here this morning. I think it's why churches exist and not just churches. It's why mosques exist and temples exist, I think it's also why uh, museums exist and yoga studios and national parks. I was just talking to someone this morning who got back from a a boat cruise up in Alaska, and she said, RJ, if there's anything which will make you believe in God, it's seeing this incredible landscape and these creatures that have been so finely tuned to exist in just this exact place, right? Some of us go to church, some of us go to national parks, some of us, you know, get on a Peloton, but all of us want to have a glimpse of something greater than ourselves, a glimpse of the divine. We all want to see God. And since the beginning of time, uh, people have been looking at the world outside of themselves and looking at the world inside of themselves, trying to gain clues about who God might be. They've used the world outside and inside as kind of a, a map in their quest to try to figure out who God is. And so, for example, for thousands of years, people would, they'd look up at the stars, the sun, the moon, they'd watch the season, they'd watch the, the cycle of birth and life and death and rebirth. You know, you seen The Lion King? Remember The Lion King, The Circle of Life? No one's seen The Lion King. It's actually not the best Disney movie. There are other better ones, but Circle of Life, right? They've seen that. And they thought to themselves, well, if the world is cyclical, there must be something cyclical about God, too. So they came up with this idea of reincarnation, right? That we're born, we live, we die, and then we're born again. That maybe our lives mirror the sort of cosmic cycle of life. Or to give you another example, you know, for a long time, people have recognized that they they have this little voice inside themselves that tells them what's right and what's wrong. Something called a, a conscience. And they've extrapolated from that, well, look, we all have this voice inside of ourselves. There must be some kind of divine moral lawgiver that planted this inside of our heart so that when we do the right thing, we feel good, and we do the bad thing, we feel bad. And maybe that will translate into some sort of spiritual realm. We'll, We'll be rewarded for the good things we do or punished for the bad things we do. We're always looking for clues to the nature of God. But the thing is, all of that thinking really is just speculation. To a large degree, it's just projection of who we are onto God. To a great degree, it's just us using our imagination with the scant evidence we possess. You know, We do the best with what we have, but it's not great. And so people say lots of different things about God and sometimes not with a high degree of confidence. You know, I was an uh, art history major in college. My, my parents were thrilled. Uh, <laughs> and I love art history because it's, it's a different way of looking at history, right? And you can tell a lot about a particular culture, a particular moment in time by looking at the art it produces. But at the same time, uh, you can't just look at a painting or look at a sculpture and tell a whole lot by the, about the artist, can you? You're not going to learn a whole lot about Leonardo da Vinci by, by going to the Louvre and staring at the Mona Lisa Le Jaconde for hours and hours. And furthermore, you know, there's this old saying, never meet your heroes. You ever heard of that? The implication being that you, sometimes we puff people up in our mind, and then when we meet them, we're a little disappointed because they're not what we thought they would be. There's this great scene in the Netflix show, The Crown. Anyone watch The Crown about Queen Elizabeth? And yeah, okay. When Prince Philip uh, finally meets the astronauts, the Apollo astronauts, he's so excited because these are men of action, men who've accomplished great things, men who must have wisdom and knowledge and vision about all manner of things. And then he meets them and they're just kind of three average guys from the Midwest. (laughs) And he's really disappointed. He comes to see that they're not heroes, they're not kind of demigods, they're just men like him, just small, confused men. So again, sometimes we, we think we might learn something about someone else, whether a person or God, by looking at what they've done, looking at what they've produced, but really the only way to get to know somebody is to meet them face to face and to spend some time with them. Spend enough time with them that you can get behind any facade they're projecting. When maybe the masks they're wearing begin to fall away a little bit or the image they're trying to project begins to dissolve. That's the only way we can get to know somebody. And that's why Philip asks Jesus, let us see God. We want to know God. We want to know what he is like, not just what he's done, not just what he's created, maybe not even what he said. We want to know him. And listen what Jesus says to Philip in response to this kind of audacious request, right? Just show us God and that'll be enough. Jesus says, have I been with you all this time and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, Jesus says, if you want to know what God is like, just look at him. And I want to take a moment as I kind of intimated with the children to digest the enormity of this claim. Because there have been many people who came along throughout history and said, I can show you the way to God, or I, uh, I can speak God's words, or maybe even I'm, I'm God's messenger. But no one has had the audacity, and certainly no one among the great religious traditions of the world, no one's had the audacity to claim that they are God, that they are God in the flesh. But that's exactly what Jesus is saying. If you've seen me, you've seen God. If you want to know God, get to know me. Now, assuming he's telling the truth, and I recognize there may be a diversity of opinions regarding that, but assuming he's telling the truth, or maybe even if he's not telling the truth, how would we get to know him? How to either get to know him in order to get to know god or to try to figure out whether he's telling the truth how might we know well two things i want to say number one as the children said read about him read the bible especially read the new testament especially read the gospels right matthew mark luke John, you can read each of them in about 90 minutes to two and a half hours. If you've never read one before, read Luke or Matthew. It'll take you about two hours. That seems like a very simple thing to say, but I'm consistently amazed by how many well-educated people have never read any substantial portion of the Bible. And even if you think that um, you're not quite sure what you believe, read it because it's the foundation of Western civilization. That's actually true and you may be surprised by what you find. I remember a good friend of mine um, in Houston was an astrophysics major at Yale, a very smart guy, worked in the energy industry, had never read any portion of the Bible. So he and I would talk about spiritual matters from time to time, and finally I, I, you know, he said, well, R.D., do you have a Bible? I said, yeah, I I might have a Bible. Uh, So I, I gave him a copy, He went off, he read the gospel of Matthew. We checked in a couple months later and I said, so Paul, what did you think? He said, well, it's very surprising. Jesus is a lot different than I thought he was. He's kind of a wild man. I said, yeah, he is. And then I said, so you've read the full gospel. What do you think is the essence of Jesus's message? If you give it one sentence, what would it be? And I'm not going to tell you what he said, because I want you to read it for yourself. But I will tell you that the, the force and the meaning of Jesus' life and death and resurrection came through 100% for this person who had never before cracked a Bible open. So if you've never read the Bible, uh, steal one from your pew. I'm giving you permission. Te absolvo. Take it home. Check it out. Come back and talk to me. That's the first thing, something that you can do. The second thing I want to tell you about what God has done and what he is doing and what he will do. Here also is what Jesus says in today's gospel reading. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. See, before Jesus ascends back to the Father, he makes the disciples and us a promise. He says, I will not leave you alone. I will send you someone else. I will send you my spirit, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, to walk with you, to be with you, to lead you and guide you and change you and shape you, to teach you and remind you of all that I have said. Just like Faxton said, God is living inside of me. That's the promise that Jesus makes to us. And he actually says to the disciples, it's better for you that I go away. Because unless I go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. And Jesus, because he had a body, could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit can be everywhere with everyone all of the time. He is here with us now. He is with you at home, at work, in the car, at school. What does Jesus say? Lo, I am with you to the very end of the age. What an incredible promise That is, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is always with us. The Apostle Philip wanted to see God. We all want to see God. And we look in a lot of different places. Some of them helpful, some of them less so. But Jesus says, if you want to see God, look at me. If you want to know God, get to know me amen